1: Gil, the entitled Banner podcast commences.
0: How are you
2: doing? <laughs> I am very- I'm very good, mate. I'm very, very good. Uh, it's been a beautiful week of sunshine mm. here in the sunny capital of Wales. <laughs> and uh, I'm having a great old time with my friend, Scott, on a Friday
1: afternoons. So Hell yeah, more, you are. What more, could, what more could you ask for, mate? What more could anyone ask for? Welcome along any and all to the Untitled Banner Podcast, where we ask for all sorts of questions, talking points, whatever you'd like us to get into. And I'm going to try, and I'm not going to avoid Elden Ring, but I feel <laughs> like we've done a lot of Elden Ring. Um, I'm 70 odd <laughs> <laughs> hours into it, Mr. Josh Brown's mind to finish it. Um, I know that everyone Everyone's playing it. The sales are ridiculous. It's beating Call of Duty, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. Um, And we do have a, some Elden Ring questions. So I'll do a lot of other stuff and then we'll get to Elden Ring. Sure, I feel like okay. It's just always there. It's like someone standing in the corner and we sort of got used to them standing in the corner, but at some point we should point at them and say, they are still here though. I will just say
2: that after like, what, 40 or 50 hours of playing this <laughs> game now, I just was still like, I'm bored of this character and I've right. started again. <laughs> <laughs> no reason I am just started. I'm still like, uh, like I was seeing everyone just being like, oh, everyone chooses the samurai and the katana as their first. Build. And, and that's like, what my bad is. I was like, damn, I did actually, just because it was cool. <laughs> and I've been kind of not breezing through the main game, but I've been kind of having a fairly easy time. And I'm like, you right. know what? I'm going full build into one thing. There isn't dex, I'm <sighs> going to go either full mage or I'm going full strength. And
1: I went for full strength
2: in the See, end the with thing a tiny is- like splash
1: of ints. Right, I'm right at that. Oh, but we're talking about Elden Ring jewels. Like, we'll move on. We'll move on. We'll move but, on. But super quick, I'm, no, I'm the same thing. I'm uh, about 60 hours in. I'm right at the end. I'm in the final biome. I know what I have to do to beat the game. Um, and I, But I'm dying to restart as a mage because I'm like a strength build. I just got the Sword of Night and Flame. It can fire yeah. laser beams. And, and ev- it's a great everyone, time. but Everyone
2: yeah. who's like showing that magic is just completely broken yeah. in the sense of. That. And I was like, I kind of want to be a part of that. But I'm like, yep. nah, nah, I'm going to play strength because I never play strength. I had builds. such a,
1: a great. Because I'm i am a worshiper of the dragon church. So Ooh, I, I've, cool. I can summon the dragon heads and spit out fire or. Scarlet Raw. And I was up against one of the bosses and I summoned two people in and all three of us did our dragon head oh, magic the at the same one, time. And it was just like three dragons just burning the living hell out of something. I was like, this is the best game I've ever seen in my life, to be honest. Anyway, but it's a game
2: that we will talk about
1: later. <laughs> yes. We'll almost talk about it almost immediately, but we'll see how we go. Uh, first question from Karel Shaw, who says, which decade of video games starting from the 80s do you most identify with or love the most and why? Cheers from Indonesia. Cheers, my friend. Back Cheers, my you. friend.
2: Um, I would say that the 90s is like, for me, was the peak video game era because it's like mm. the PlayStation, the N64. Uh, you've got the smidge of the new generation coming in as well mm-hmm. with the rise of the 2000s, but it's like you look around at some of the PlayStation one classics, like metal gear solid made Scott Telford who
1: he is today. <laughs> he just made Scott Telford. I was, I, was I wasn't made me who I am I today. So I feel
2: like <laughs> it's like instrumental to both our childhoods and mm-hmm. our personal developments. Like the, the amount of times that Scott and I will just look at each other and say a PlayStation one name and have the other person go, Oh my
1: God. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God oh,
2: oh.
1: The thing is like, it is so life defining. Like I, I definitely have the, the heaviest nostalgia for the end of the nineties but it, it does cross over to the beginning of the 2000s. It is mm-hmm. that um, getting the PlayStation 2, playing Tekken Tag Tournament, like all the music. That, I mean, The thing is, I'm a man who will listen to, sit and listen to the Tekken soundtracks. I, I fully admit that. Yeah. I love the Tekken soundtracks. Tekken Tag is an absolute banger. School stage all the way. And I have such an SSX music as well. I have oh, yeah. such a, a soft spot for that early 2000s techno, I guess you'd call it. That, mm-hmm. like, sort of, that feel. Um, I'll put the demo disc music on. If you go back on YouTube, people, Bam. Have, Bam. people yeah. have uploaded <laughs> mm-hmm. um, old PlayStation demo disc music and I couldn't be happier so for me it's that late 90s uh, early 2000s feel when it was like gaming could be anything and like Metal Gear saw 2's graphics were blowing people away mm-hmm. um, the dawn of 3D, storytelling changed, like you said Metal Gear was a big deal um, it's, it's all that stuff for me, Final Fantasy 7 is just in me at this point, yeah. like, I can never get sick of it. I was so happy as well
2: when towards like Towards the end of the PlayStation's lifespan, they brought out Final Fantasy VI. They like redid it mm. with the uh, the brand new cutscenes, CGI stuff, and they mm-hmm. released it. For that and that was my first time playing that. So it's oh. another instrumental moment of like what makes me a video game fan. Like mm-hmm. there are certain mm-hmm. genres that were completely defined in that. Now I know that a lot of people will probably be saying like, "Oh, you're looking back at it with nostalgia and like rose tinted mm-hmm. glasses." But I have been back and played these games like fa- not fairly recently, but recently enough mm-hmm. to be like. Now there there are some absolute bangers in there and there are unexpected bangers in the 90s as well. Like world's scariest police chases. If you've not (laughs) played that game, it is a laugh riot. You get to just like, you're just driving around in a cop car just smashing people off the roads. Okay.
1: I would throw in uh, Future Cop LAPD and yeah, of um, Nightmare Creatures. Just Future mm. Cop because it's like a Transformers. It's the best Transformers game that isn't a Transformers game. Um, and the uh, Nightmare Creatures was awesome. But yeah, for me, it, it's that feeling of like what gaming could be as we got yeah. more cinematic. Metal Gear Solid was unbelievable. Like, I mean, even today, they hardly ever make games like Metal Gear in terms of the cutscene direction, of the, yes. in terms of the storytelling yeah. and whatever. Um, yeah, it would be late 90s, early 2000s for me. I, there's, there's a weird... Have you ever had so much nostalgia that you just sort of like phase out for a second? Like yeah, so just of sitting there like, I am completely taken over by all the memories I'm having at once.
2: Well, it's like if somebody was to open up like the Wikipedia page of uh, like all the PlayStation 1 games, I'd mm. look through and just be like, yep, that's a great one. Yep, that's a great <laughs> one. It's like, I haven't even thought about that one in ages. Like, there was one that popped into my mind the other day, and on the front cover, it's got like a tiger and it's like a martial arts game. Oh, um, um, you know the one I'm talking about. Yeah. I, and it was just like popped into my head, and I was like, what is this? I'm gonna, is this I, that's, that was Tiger
1: Tiger Tiger Tang Tang Tang? Oh, Typhoo, Wrath of the Tiger. Yeah, not what even a close game. To what I was saying What a game It's just like Little <laughs> like gems
2: like that That people just haven't played And it's just True. like Yeah go play that game There was a, play, there was a game play, um, play Overboard
1: The one where you yeah. play Like there's the little ships And you're just shooting stuff And solving puzzles
2: <laughs> Amazing game Amazing. The thing
1: is like I, I miss that period In gaming overall I mean you're getting it now Where the indie space That's why I always love The indie space But indie mm-hmm. games now Have become um, Like something like Sifu Is like Is is not Does not look like A pixel platformer Obviously doesn't yeah, have That indie yeah, yeah. label to it Even though it is still independent And I feel like You're getting that um, You know the budgets Are now can now be applied to a wider variety of project ideas which is what made the late 90s and the 2000s so great mm-hmm. and i feel like across the mid 2010s loads of studios got lost off on just making the biggest stupidest most opulent thing possible that wasn't that much fun to actually play whereas like now you're getting a wider variety of stuff again yeah um did you play ninja shadow was it called ninja shadow of darkness on the ps1 it was like, um, there's like a blue ninja and it was like an excellent point yeah, 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 yeah. Standpoint, yeah that it was, was cool.
2: um uh, you could do the
1: It was like a a lightning lightning. move.
2: Yeah, yeah, there was like a... It was brilliant. (laughs) It was made... I, it reminded me so much of Ninja Gaiden, but mm-hmm. if like if somebody had done it in a three D perspective,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, Good yeah, yeah. Like way more like it. Like, stuff like that. Like the, there is like there's a there's a pure experimentation to the um, the late like 90s and early 2000s that I feel like, it's not like it's completely gone. The indie space is the biggest thing ever, um, but they were showcased in a way that I guess sometimes the indie space struggles to get their things in front of people. Mm-hmm. Um, next question from Jacob Wright, who says, "Afternoon Broski's, hope you're doing well with Gran Turismo 7 shooting itself in the foot with uh, adding heavy microtransactions after reviewers have praised it. Is there a need for games to be reviewed twice?" Twice. Or should companies just stop doing shady moves like this? So,
2: obviously, companies should stop doing shady moves like this, yes. because it is incredibly <laughs> oily for them to just be like, oh, by the way, there's a game that got 10 out of 10. We've changed you know, the entire economy. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, we've changed the entire like, in-game economy. It's bad crack, that is. Mm-hmm. Um, but to answer <clears> your question <throat> about should reviewers review games twice, uh, in a perfect world, yes, you should. Mm-hmm. However, in terms of your return on the making a uh, video review about it it actually doesn't benefit. So for example, you guys know that Scott and I, we work for uh, like people above us. So we'd have to basically meet a a bottom line when it's Mm -hmm. creating videos. They have to hit a certain amount of views in order to become profitable because it's a big company, you know how Mm it is. so when we do our reviews, if they hit really well, fantastic. But if we were to go back and do a review, updated review, there's a chance that they wouldn't hit that threshold and therefore they probably wouldn't be approved by the bosses, yep. even though we'd want to do them from an artistic standpoint because our viewpoint is reflecting a game that isn't that state anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we can't do it financially sometimes. Um, but if it was up to me, yes, of course we would. we put yeah. up like, like, if there was a way to take a <coughs> YouTube video and add a section into it, like, um, to upload an extra clip to be, be at cool. the beginning of it saying, hey, look, uh, here's a uh, review of it now. This has been changed since that, so please go to this page here or
1: whatever. Hey, all hey, you can do way, is insert, like, have broken links. this. Yeah. yeah. The thing is with me, I, I view, I've, I've changed my thoughts on reviews over the years, like having grown up with, you know, obviously the games industry for so long. Um, I kind of just view like, there's obviously there's the go-to review. There's the, I'm putting a, a score on this that, you know, mm-hmm. is it worth your time? Like a general sort of like value analysis. But I do think that reviews, I do think that game coverage is just an ongoing conversation now. And I think that <clears throat> if something changes with a game and something's terrible, like Gran Turismo 7, um, we did the review and then we did like a follow-up video calling out the microtransactions, yeah. saying that things had changed, letting people know what had happened. And I, I kind of view all of that as ongoing review coverage. It yeah. is a review of the game, but it is segmented because it kind of has to be because the industry is segmented so yeah. much in terms of updates and everything else.
2: But the um, the, to the casual public watching that video, mm. they're going to look at uh, Gran Turismo 7 review. That's going to be your viewpoint. They yeah. won't care yeah. about anything else. It's like, um, weirdly, I got chewed out in a video that we just put out, uh, which was video games that were ruined by microtransactions because <laughs> Gran Turismo 7 wasn't included. Now, remember the right. process of creating these videos are... You we just write missed them, that, yeah. we record them, we then put them out to editors, they come back, they get put into like a pipeline of when mm-hmm. they're going to be released on the site. And if they're pressing, they'll be pushed forward. If they're not so much, they'll be pushed back. Now, because that game landed, uh, sorry, my video landed after Grand Turismo 7 was doing the numbers and mm-hmm. becoming like the hot topic take, it was like they were saying why haven't you included this one it's like well because it was recorded maybe three weeks oh, yeah. before yeah, yeah. this point came out so it's mm-hmm. like it's very weird to be put into a vacuum like that
1: yeah i think that's the thing and, and trying to keep up with this stuff if you try to like you know because games change all the time like even um elden ring got an update where it changed the way map markers work and yeah it changed true. the way you yep. can um know where npcs are it's like well should all those people go back and that 97 metacritic be changed like yeah it's 98 like now I yeah know. exactly it's Like, does that make it better or worse like there's all those kind of things and um yeah like games change so much i think for me like the review conversation. I love a review. I love a score. I like saying that something is a five-star game. I like really sitting down and analyzing it. I really enjoy doing my Kirby review. Four and a half stars, Jules Gill. Nice. Kirby is nice. one of the best games of the year. Um, I love doing all that stuff, but at the same time, um, I think a lot of people go, okay, this review, what's the score? How do I move on? What are the actual talking points? And yeah. sometimes I like zeroing in on them, whether it's microtransactions or something like the Elden Ring uh, video that me and Josh did about how it's broken the industry because it proved yeah. the, it proved all the AAA safe design philosophies completely wrong. Um, mm-hmm. Selling so much, not being remotely a safe product um it is in regards to a souls game but like in terms of the stuff that the ubisoft would aim for it's not yeah. one of them so yeah i kind of view all of it as an ongoing conversation hopefully if you're a gaming fan you just you find people you like and you stick with the content they put out yeah um, and we try and do as many reviews or uh, biggest talking points as we can but like it's hard
2: there's um there's a YouTuber uh, Mandalorian Gaming I think okay. that his name is and mm-hmm. uh, he's been putting out reviews for the likes of System Shock recently. Nice. And that game like obviously came out in like the uh, '90s, 2000s. Mm-hmm. Like it's an old, old game. But like I like the fact that current day reviewers are making hour-long essay-length videos yes. on it. Like h just put up a um, Deus Ex uh, Human Revolution uh, mm-hmm. video. Obviously, that game came out in like 2012, 2013, mm-hmm. whenever, and it's three hours long. But I watched the entire thing from start to finish because it's such an in-depth approach to looking at game design from a perspective that I possibly hadn't considered it, mm-hmm. that even a mediocre game from a time that I don't really care or remember about, it's like that now makes that topic worthwhile. You can oh, make man, like, like, worth talking about if you review it in the right way. Absolutely. So it doesn't, it proves like you were saying that it's a review of a video game or an evaluation of it is not time sensitive.
1: Totally. And it's like, that's the thing, like we're lucky enough in terms of the audience that we have and, the, and like obviously being a platform on YouTube that you can bring back classic games and talk about, oh, you missed this cool thing in this game. Let's yeah. talk about that. Um, and I think that gives those games longer length in a way that the, the some of the bigger websites bank everything on the review period and that's yeah. it because that's their major search term. Like. Um, Um, Yeah wouldn't you love to do like a series where on the what Culture gaming channel
2: mm. where we do that sort of thing, look into long form video length essays about like video games that were instrumental to not just how the industry was, but just like within their own like niche genres. Oh yeah. Stuff well, like like yeah. I wrote, I don't know if i told you before I started working for what culture, I used to just write like essays like this and do nothing with them. Like right. I wouldn't have the editing skills nor thing. I'd just be like, I have a thought I want to put it down on paper. Mm-hmm. And I remember like going through my Google docs the other week and finding uh, a nightmare creatures. Um, essay. It's like, <laughs> like four or five pages long. It's so about like like 5,000 words. And I'm like, what was I even talking about here? I don't, right. even, I don't even remember it, but I, at that point in time, I was mm-hmm. clearly passionate about, uh, nightmare creatures. Well, things like-,
1: like I'll, I'll always maintain that a, a, group of gamers, any self-identifying gamer, like, you know, someone who plays a lot of games who says like, what do you do? I play I, I love video games. Like they bring it up frequently. I always think that that passion, um, can be applied to a whole bunch of different things. It's yeah. not like we only care about the latest game and that's it. So I've always like, you know, we've always like thought of ways to bring other stuff back find lists for old games or or whatever it is, um, and talking points for old stuff. So it's just it's trying to make all those things work as often as possible, and talk about the most frequent stuff. Um, the review stuff is hard because I feel like a lot of different outlets have changed their approach over time. Yes, um, just because the search term review is such a big deal, um, but you can do review style coverage, talking points, value sets um, going forward. So it's, it's an ongoing thing. It's
2: a strange thing, isn't it? Because like if it was in a perfect world, we wouldn't have to do this. But I do mm. think that going forward, if I was in charge of how we run reviews, I wouldn't put out reviews on the day of release. Right. I would literally wait a week afterwards and see what the state of the uh the impact's been and then put out like the things now all that, the would a, that, and that would be a that would be a review of the game. Honestly, that wouldn't be chasing the numbers. That wouldn't be chasing the metrics because people have already made up the decision. It's not a recommendation product uh, mm. or video at that point.
1: It is just this is the state of this game at
2: this point in time.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that I mean that the thing that I would like about that is that it would factor in all the day one patches. It would be yeah. the, the likes of Gran Turismo. You would know what the microtransaction store was. And um, oh god, there's a, we could do a whole podcast on the problems I have with the way you get access <laughs> to reviews, the yeah. the embargos, the NDAs, the stuff that's not on i oh, talk about this, but. Don't don't talk about this and you can talk about this but frame yeah. it this way like what is, yeah, that what's with sucks.
2: like um the uh, preferential treatment of um of uh influencers as well like you mm. have um some outlets out there that will get the code like months in advance because mm. the company knows that they are going to basically light the fires under all
1: of their if your elder schools yeah, yeah, if you're called Elder Scrolls Fan One Hundred One, you're probably going to get access to Elder Scrolls if you've got a sizable enough audience, yeah. because you're going to say something positive and it helps yeah. the marketing rollout. There's a whole other wing of this, which is um to do with a folding reviews, quote unquote, or folding coverage into the overall sponsored <clears throat> rollout of the game itself. You, uh, you end up becoming part of the marketing and the advertising, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um which is a whole other thing. Like I love Kirby and Nintendo are literally using one of the quotes from my review in their marketing materials. Oh wow! No, no, thank you. No part of that was pre-agreed beforehand. I could have said the game was terrible. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um we don't. Have those agreements um, in that way, where fully aware of if something is terrible, call it out. Let's like we've done that with um, you know the Square Enix stuff and everything yes, else. Like it's yeah, yeah. whatever else we've got going on, we'll we'll try and call it as honestly as possible. Um, uh, next question from Alpha Oliver, who says, "UBP, are you UBP, still having a lovely day?" Well, yes, Jules, you having a lovely day? I'm having a fantastic day. As it's a nice before, little day. The, uh, the sun
2: is shining outside. I've been out, I did some outdoor climbing at the last weekend and <laughs> I've basically just been doing some bits in the garden. Like I'm actually trying to uh, like develop a green thumb at the
1: moment. Um, nice. I've done, done, done nothing with my garden. My garden is sitting, there's, there was such a massive pile of leaves in the corner that had been left for so long, all the grass has died underneath it and now it's just <laughs> a big pile of soil and leaves. So yeah. Fantastic. I've got no um, rush to get there.
2: We built two like, uh, like planter beds, uh, in nice. the, at the back of the garden. And we put in some stuff there. So we've done like loads of bee bombs and loads of, um, like wildflower sewing and some poppy sewing stuff. Cause we want to have a, one's going to be wildflower and the other's going to be like herbs and veg. Oh. So it's going to be, it to be quite fun. I don't know if I'll be any good at it. Like Kerry and I, we're kind of just like learning by doing, and we're just uh-huh. like Googling everything afterwards and being like, maybe we shouldn't have done that. And we're finding. <laughs>
0: A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass.
2: It is actually a very exact science like you oh, can yeah. fudge your way through quite a lot of it but man there are certain things that was like this needs to only be watered like uh
1: once a fortnight do not mm-hmm. water it anymore well things like, like we okay. not, not there's a garden and garden culture podcast but like yeah we uh, <laughs> this this whole leaf soil thing ha- happens every year because like we have this insanely huge tree that, that got left in the garden for the house that we got and it just it tons of leaves loads of soil <laughs> whatever else and I just bought a big box of grass seed because I was like grass is grass I'll get this this looks like grass on the box. And then I poured it all over the soil stuff and there's different types of grass jewels. And then yeah, it, with course, the way that it yeah. grew in, there's different blades and different colors. And now there's just this weird patch of stuff that looks completely different. But then the middle of it is all chewed out because that's where the leaves landed again. It doesn't matter. Point is we both got gardens and we're both struggling <laughs> through the gardening <laughs> life. Um, next question, um, or rather the rest of uh, Elfar Oliver's question um, was that um, their girlfriend got pretty pissed when an NPC could not match her speed. Uh, what other mechanics should must be fixed that epitomize the experience of playing video games? Now, this this whole thing of you're in a game and you've got to follow a character and you run yeah. ahead of them and you're waiting for them to go. I
2: put this into a mechanics that suck video. Yes. Yeah, I remember this. What
1: what else is on, what's your go-to, oh God, just fix this thing. Mine's always just checkpoint stuff. No, you, I thought yours was
2: um, uh, weight limit mechanics, like they, 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 over encumbrance they, where you just hmm. cannot move or you it's like, can- It's
1: weird because uh, Horizon and Elden Ring have, um, oh, we sent this to your stash. And I'm just yeah. like, well, I'm just yeah. going to go there and get it anyway. So like, just let me have it. Like, I don't even <laughs> like, we haven't got rid of over encumbrance altogether, but we've made it teleport to your stash, which makes no sense. Yeah. It's like, can't yeah. you teleport all of the weapons that are like, apparently here? Yeah. It's like, okay, cool.
0: Whatever. That's um, just, I
1: mean, yeah, but like, I mean, actually I'll tell you what I, um, games have got better with this at uh, Ghost of Tsushima. I remember making a point of this, let me interact with stuff on the ground while I'm mounted, while I'm on a horse. Yeah. hundred percent. Red Dead, you have to off. get off all the time. Like I loved Red Dead for so many reasons, but man, did I get tired of the skinning animation again and again and again? It's like, <laughs> oh okay,
2: yeah, we get it, dude. Like, like there's some stuff that
1: just can be gamified. Let me hit a button. Let me like, have a have a decent radius for it as well. Yeah. And um, I also hate as a tiniest thing, I hate when a button and um, there's two or three things contextually that o- overlap with each other. Like yeah. Elden kind of had a solution where oh, you'd use well, the D-pad. Well, for but options, no, but you, but yeah. it's
2: still got one annoying feature where when you pick up a new item or mm-hmm. even an item that you're picking up for the first time in that play session, it'll pop up and you have to cancel it. But it's like yeah. the same button as the uh, read um, What do we call it? The read uh, the, the signs on the floor It's also oh, like yeah, Another yeah. hiccup button Or whatever Or like A hold
1: to switch Into your dual wheel And you're like Stop it Stop it <laughs> It's like There's always like Messages on the floor Summon signs We're talking about Elden Ring again I know this... But there's like Summon signs on the floor And stuff And I'm just holding Pressing triangle Trying to summon someone in Before someone else summons them And I lose that person um, And it's all just on the same button Just hoping for the best um, Next question From TJ Who says Does anyone in the world Truly understand the entire story of Kingdom Hearts. Now I'm not a Kingdom Heartsman. It's not about you. No, I,
2: I I gave up, man. Like I <laughs> played Kingdom Hearts one and two, had a great old time through it, but I could not for the life of you tell you what was going on in it. No. I could summarize it down in the very sort of much memeified way of heart, heart, darkness, heart, 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 heart like keys. Like I, I don't
1: so like, someone's heart isn't really a heart, it's like your the, metaphorical heart, they live inside the, your heart. The thing that really annoyed me
2: is that there was like a load of people that came out after Kingdom Hearts 3 came out and was Mm. like, oh my God, the plot is so easy to uh, understand. Like, well, everyone is just making a huge deal out of it. But then I ask you, my friend, why did Square Enix then go and release a DLC Mm. afterwards that was basically aimed at tying up all of the loose ends? (laughs) If there wasn't all this like knotted ball that you were clubbing people to death with, Mm. then why are you able to do it? No,
1: I know. I think that, yeah, I mean, my my thing, I tried Kingdom Hearts 1. I played quite a bit of, didn't understand any of it, it, didn't finish it, didn't do too or any of the 20 that came out in between. And then I got three and I was just so completely lost. I love it for the Disney stuff, but that was it.
2: Why did it have to have such a complex story? Like the the, the basic principle is so nice that i mm. feel like they should just run with it which is you're obviously your friend gets kidnapped um he's getting exposed to darkness there's heartless creatures out there that don't like the love and joy that the disney worlds represent so you've got to stop them that mm-hmm. is a simple mm-hmm. story and i can get behind it then you go into kingdom Hearts 2 and it's adding in secret organizations that are using this negative power to harness other like otherworldly beings to destroy universes it's like no 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 don't bother with that. <laughs> just just go, bad guys over here. Uh-huh. Don't have all this betrayal and sort of people like folding into the other side. Just, the, the thing no, is like, as, be.
1: as a Metal Gear Solidsman, I like when a law, I actually quite like a convoluted law because mm. I quite like that I can sit and learn it and study. It has to make sense like to some degree, but you can be as stupid and convoluted as you like. As long as I can actually sit down and pass it out, I quite like learning something like that and then going, oh, okay, that's why this does this. And I, I think it's funny. I don't even like, a, it's like an ironic sort of funny way. Someone asks you something about Hot metal in Metal Gear yeah, solid, and yeah. you can break that stuff down and I quite like doing that so I get why it's fun in Kingdom Hearts sense doing that but it's also impenetrable like if you came in in Kingdom Hearts <laughs> 3 it's just a brick wall um, trying to get it so yeah I, I don't know there are people who would say they understand all of Kingdom Hearts but they change it on the fly Tetsuya Nomura just loves introducing new elements every five yeah.
2: minutes I also don't like the fact that it was a story that they designed that you had to play all of the games I don't mm. think that um a good gaming franchise uh, necessarily requires you to have played every single game like mm-hmm. you can jump in at Uncharted 4 um, and still have a rough Ooh. idea of what's going on because of the fact they do enough contextual stuff to remind you who characters are, even first time players. And I yeah. feel like that's a consideration that does need to always be present. And mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. like the fact they'll be like, hey, remember that character from the uh, Nintendo. DS game. Uh, he was actually integral to this mini
1: plot that we've just it got going like, on
2: here, and you didn't know that, so therefore none of this side arc story will make any sense.
1: Yeah, the thing is, like, I think it's it's walking a, a line, because like you said, Uncharted 4 does it really, really well, where like, you're picking different things that represent Drake's older adventures in mm-hmm. conversations. I do mm-hmm. think you fundamentally get so much more out of Uncharted 4 if you did grow up with hundred percent. or play the other ones. Yeah. Um, but Mass Effect 3, where all the marketing was EA going, this is the perfect time to start, and it's like, no, yeah, it's a, not. That was that a makes weird no move, sense. wasn't it? They'd be like watching Return of the before you've seen Fellowship in Two Towers. Like it's just not gonna be it's not you're not gonna it's not gonna work. Like it's the end of a trilogy. What do
2: you mean the ghost guys weren't in it <laughs> all the way
1: through? <laughs> Well, I guess we were all asking that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, in regards, yeah, I think you need to uh, try and walk the line. Um, next question from Nate the Gamer who says, Please no more Elden Ring. Well, unlucky for you, pal. <laughs> We've already been there. Um, he says, Big statement, but WWE 2K22 is my most enjoyable game of the year so far. Not saying it's the best game of the year, but it's what I've had the most fun with. What's okay. your most enjoyable game of the year so far?
2: Unfortunately, I'm gonna to have to say Elden Ring. Sorry, Power,
1: because I have
2: not had as much fun playing any game recently as that. I mean, Metroid Dread was uh, pretty close, but that was last year. So, mm. it's, it's if we're a going tuckle.
1: all out, complete, massive grin on my face as much as possible, it's Kirby. I would yeah, recommend. God, that. I love yeah. Kirby so much. Like, I mean, I, lo- I completely subjectively, I love Kirby. I think he's an incredible character. He's so much fun. Um, just a stupid giant ball who eats everything. But in the game, they push. Like, I, honestly, I open the review by saying, um, "You are not ready for Kirby in the Forgotten Land." Right. Because the things they do in this game, yeah, the the anime influence they've got, the way the final boss battle plays out. There's some stuff in this game, Jules, that is Nintendo it madness. It's you've. I'm gonna send you a cutscene of what happens near the end. And there's a there's a <laughs> (laughs) Dark Souls boss fight in here, full-on ancient (laughs) cathedral... Um, full arm Dark Souls boss fight the stuff like that um, and just all the different uh, abilities and everything mm-hmm. I had an absolute blast with Kirby I think it's a gorgeous gorgeous game um, I just I loved it like there's obviously my side of loving Kirby but I think it's a great like baby's first platformer yeah. that then goes so much further in all these different directions um, <laughs> it's so good um, so my, mine would actually be Kirby even though um, funnily enough WWE might be a close second it is um, a really fun game only because well. I downloaded all the a- I don't care about WWE I've retrofitted that whole game as an AEW Game, yeah, and that maybe just have a lot of fun just playing as all the different wrestlers from there. Um, next question, funnily enough, is an Elden Ring question from uh, Matthias yeah. Grimm who says, I'm loving Elden Ring to pieces, but I find myself having to take breaks from it to play something more chill. The absolute constant threat of everything can be a bit much. Have you got, have you guys experienced something like this with Elden Ring or any other game? Love you all, stay safe. Same oh, cheers. All of cheers um so yes and no i uh, mm. haven't
2: experienced it with Elden ring like i just want to respect my character because i was growing bored of just relying on the same move set all this time and now i want to try, try like a different field of options um mm. but with terms of games that are like i've just kind of grown bored of like and stepped away from it's anything that it turns into a massive collect thon like i sometimes yeah. set out to like 100 percent a game and i just mm. look at it and go that ain't happening now. Like um, I loved to... it, I loved near automata, potato patata, mm-hmm. but it was like a case of I got through that, got through the main stories and then mm-hmm. finished it. And I was like, cool. Then looked at how much many achievements were left. And I was like, I don't want to put in the grind. It's just yeah. it's a fun game,
1: but it's just not got that uh, grab on me yet. Cause do, do you tend to because this is like an overall question? I find that I I, it depends what it... Basically, do you tend to find one game and you play just that until it's done? Yes, or do you, yeah, I, like I have around? to try and do that because if I right. jump
2: around too much, then I find that I get distracted and it's disjointed. Like, I did have a moment when I was playing uh, Dodgeball Academia after your recommendation you. and also Halo Infinite at the same time. Nice. And I found the bounce between them so, like... Disastrously chaotic that I had so basically, <laughs> so, like, I'm giving up on one of these, and it was Halo uh, uh, Infinite. Yeah. I, I, I went and finished uh, Dodgeball Academia instead, and I was like, yeah, no, that is the game that I had an immense amount of fun with. Then came mm-hmm. back to Halo Infinite and its campaign. And I was like, nah, too many checkpoints, too it's, many, yeah, uh, too yeah. many um, uh, checklisty style things. So I was yeah. like, I, I'm going to go straight through the campaign now, finish it, and not go back and collect any of those
1: special Spartan upgrades and stuff like that. See, I don't my need to. I always uh, I like the big dipper life, so I dip into as much stuff as possible. Mm-hmm. But it depends if something grabs me, then I'll completely mainline that. Yeah. Um, I do know what Matthias means though, and I completely agree. In Elden Ring's case, um, I can't just play something that is stressing me out all the time. And it's not that I think Elden Ring is actually maybe the easiest FromSoft game that they've done mm-hmm. um, because of the options available to you, but also in terms of the boss patterns, you can get them down really quickly. And um, the damage, I'm sorry, the difficulty comes more from the amount of damage they do rather than yeah. just like oh, this is an impossible thing to learn. Uh, whereas in Sifu, like you something Like Sifu, you need to get all those timings right, you need mm-hmm. to be absolutely mastering those fights. Um, so yeah, so for me, I'll take a break from something like Elden Ring and play something casual. Kirby was a great breath of fresh air uh, when I was reviewing that. Oli Oli World is my other game of the year so far. Oh, yeah, yeah. um, I, I almost swore that effing gorgeous game <laughs> I was scheduled. Um, because Oli Oli World, the soundtrack and the way that game plays is just gorgeous, but I think, um, it has to be a casual thing alongside, like, I'm staving off Final Fantasy tra- stranger, of, stranger of Paradise or whatever yeah, it's called, Final yeah, Fantasy yeah, Origin. Th- fancy um, oh,
2: Fantasy 90s edgelord.
1: Yes, see, it's made for me and I need to know what it is. I've heard that there's just crazy... Frank Sinatra's in there or something? He's like listening to Frank Sinatra <laughs> and Limp Bizkit? I need to know what that is. But that's too close to Eldering. That's too close to being yeah. a big game. So for yeah. me, I can't tandem it. Um, whereas if it's something casual, I can do it alongside.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, in terms um, of like, uh, I would say that my... The, the game that I went back to to chill out from mm. uh,
2: if there was one was Sifu like I just yeah. when I got into the zone man I was just like yeah I'm not stressed playing this game i you I'm got feeling so far
1: zen. like your first your first shot you were flying through it I've, d- I've done it now
2: I've like I'm going back through just 100% completing it mm-hmm. so I was meant to finish off on stream but I did find a few of the uh, extra like bits of secrets and stuff and I've um, gone through and what's it called spared um uh three of the bosses i've done the so, true but, ending yeah yeah so i need to get the true ending and then i'll like, call that done i was gonna get
1: game. the plot i was like the 100% thing but it's like beat the game without um age under age 25 which means you can only get hit like five times or die yeah. five times so i'm um, going into yeah. the
2: final boss at the moment with my current character age 21 so i'm nice. pretty happy with that but it's just i can't get his timings right i can mm. get the I can get through the first phase really easily. Now But the second phase, I just keep making one or two mistakes and it's a whole life gone. And it's like, Oh
1: man, they do. They punish you for not getting those exact timings. Right. Once they're in you, like your muscle memory gets it. Like you have this weird awakening of like, Oh, it's like, it's literally Neo at the end of the matrix. It's like, Oh, I can block all of this without even really thinking about it. Yeah. Um, a final question from Nado King, who says, "What's been your favorite AEW moment, and how has the company reignited your love for the business?" So I don't know if you're still watching.
2: Oh, I am watching, mate. <laughs> I have been watching it, and I can say without a shadow of a doubt, the MJF CM Punk match, yes. the dog collar match, was <laughs> utterly spectacular. <laughs> I know that everyone was talking about Sammy Guerrero doing the um, like the massive like backflips and stuff off of yes. the um, thing. I know the Hardy Boys coming back recently. Yep. Feel especially Jeff. This, this week's took, Dynamite Jeff was just,
1: unreal, by the way.
2: When he just took himself out of the match. <laughs> <It's> <laughs>
1: <laughs> like on that episode, it's like merch table, bye now. Here's a 60 player, dude. Like, All the stuff with the Hardies is better. The thing is, I was kinda of waiting. Hmm. I, I'm not hundred percent convinced that the Hardy's are back yet. They the Jeff is they're trying. Like the the yeah, that Jeff are. did on Dynamite was great. Dynamite overall was a lot of fun. But um sorry I interrupted you there, but in terms I'm, of that stuff, yeah. I'm just saying that MJF,
2: whatever f- angle he's in, whatever feud he's in, is the best man. <laughs> I've not seen somebody work this well with a microphone in hand in mm. so long. And going back to that match at Revolution with um, against CM Punk, the, when the fact that it started so slowly, so yep. like building, and then the blood just suddenly came out of nowhere, I was like, okay, is this going to be a short, like uh, brutal affair? Mm. But they dragged it out. There were so many spots. I wouldn't say that there's like a huge level of creativity with the dog collar in there because they Mm. basically ran through all of the possible gimmicks you can do. There's so much you can do, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But the drama that came from it, and that beautiful moment when Lord Low came down and um had the ring and put it down onto the ring and allowed it. I was like. Mate, this is like the Ted DiBiase Vader storyline coming to a head, mm. and you've got this amazing grudge match. And the promos before that match, where he was like, I was a young kid and I'm really sorry. And yeah. I want to apologize to you. And then he like just absolutely guts him. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, mate, this is wrestling the thing how it is, should
1: be. They they are nailing um proper emotional investment. You really <laughs> care who's gonna win those things. And like, yeah, like that fight was great for me. Um I but I, I love Eddie Kingston, so like I'm yeah, like, He's his, amazing as well. The article he did about his childhood was phenomenal, like in the, in the real World. Um even though the, the kayfabe fake version of him is pretty much him anyway, but yeah. um, his match against CM Punk is my favorite individual match, but my actual individual moment um, that I adored was the culmination of the Hangman page, uh, Brian Danielson stuff, yeah. where like Danielson had been an absolute a-hole for so long, and he's just beating up all the Hangman's friends and everything else, um, and they had that match that went on for like 40, 45 minutes, mm-hmm. and Danielson just collapsed, it was like the villain just had nothing left, yeah, like yeah, he went he 10 beat rounds. he him in every single Absolutely, yeah, just the cleanest, most heroic win you could possibly do, um, and I, I I just, when he collapsed, when you, when you realised he'd completely spent himself, I was like, that's incredible. I do have to admit, though, that um, AEW is one of those
2: rare promotions where the story strength is so uh, high across the board that the Adam Page storylines actually feel like the current champion of mm. your brand is mm. actually... Mid card to he some a bit of the, in the other things. Isn't he? Yeah, I feel like he's had a, a decent run, but it's not been an impactful one. But that's mm-hmm. only because when you're comparing it to other stuff, if you took away some of those other
1: storylines going on, mm-hmm. then actually it's still a very, very strong run. It's quite interesting because I think people will look back on his reign as like because he feels like a very identifiable champion if you compare mm-hmm. him to how Omega felt. Like Omega was there all the time, he's always yeah. coming out with the elite. And then in Hangman, he's in the background, like you know, if someone calls him out, he'll respond. Yeah, and he's, he's firing it, yeah, and he's always there. But it's like he is this sort of satellite champion, this sort of drop. In yeah. And you know, like he's kind of been a bit, uh, a bit a uh, round and about kind of thing. But yeah, I think um, in retrospect, it'll strengthen him. But at the minute he can feel a bit like he's in the background. And um, none of this makes any sense if you're not watching, <laughs> watching the old AEW, but there's a bit of a, bit of a wrestling resurgence going on at the minute. Yeah. And if any part of you ever cared about wrestling um, or wants to get Now's into the it, time. now is the time. AEW is absolutely flying and filthy casuals like me and Jules are watching it every week. So, mm-hmm. um, but also speaking of filthy casuals, thank you very much for sending all your questions. I was going to refer <laughs> that to me and now it sounds like I'm calling all of you that. Anyway, it's been in the entire podcast. Thank you all very much for listening. Ivan Scott Taylor joined by Jules Gill. Hashtag where are the mugs? <laughs> I, hashtag I have no idea. We put the order in, and hashtag we're going to hopefully get them at some point. Um, hashtag I'll go and prod someone on Slack. But thank you yeah. all very much, and we'll catch you next week. Bye everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.